Just warming up the vocal cords. You're not Celine Dion, dickhead. Get on with it. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... On your Instagram, you spent the weekend in Windermere doing wakeboarding, and it's like, yeah. I scroll across the videos, there's one where, you you know, you're being a little bit tentative and taking things carefully. The next thing is like, look, my no hands, and you're like, I expect yeah. you almost to be doing these flips and things. <laughs> my gosh, just keep yourself in one piece. Just play Super Mario Kart. I don't think my coach is on Instagram. So he's a bit older. That's really. a good thing. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. This is indeed your weekly dose of running motivation. We are back, baby. It is Running with Jake, the podcast. Pete, you see, the problem is, mate, uh, these are the first words that I've spoken today. We're recording quite early. I've just brushed my teeth. You know, it's a little bit yeah. awkward. You've got to kind of get everything flowing, feeling good, a few deep breathing exercises. I'm good now. I'm, I'm in the flow. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. Come on. Otherwise, the problem is, otherwise, when you open your mouth or do anything, you, you end up going... Like that. No one wants to hear that. Man, I hate that. We could have new people listening to the show today. Yeah. And if you are new to the show, welcome. We are professional. This yeah. is all about motivation. It's about inspiration. We want to get you fired up. We want to help you to get the most out of this amazing sport running. And do you know what? If we can just influence just one person today one and put them person. in a good mood, that's all we're asking for. Just get people fired up. Just one individual and put them in a better mood. Then we have done our job. That's what this show is all about. Got a great show lined up for you. We are speaking to a young man today who is a true inspiration. We are speaking to Alex Nibbs. This guy is unreal. He is now officially the 400-metre British champion. He achieved this a few weeks ago at the championships in Manchester. And on paper, he was actually the slowest in the field. He was actually in lane eight. He was in the outside lane, which is a bit of a nightmare because you just kind of got pressure to keep going and then stay in front. Mm. Did you Have you seen video footage of the race? No, I've not seen it, no. Honestly, we need to upload this to the show notes page, runningwithjake.com forward slash, forward slash, podcast. It's, you've got to go and check this out. So this is a 400 metre race on the track, right? Mm. At 300 metres, Alex is in last place. I know. He's the, he's the slowest on paper. He's in last place. And then it's almost like he forgot all his training, all the advice his coach had given him, all the science, and he basically just legged it to the yeah. finish line. Like, flew past everyone. The only the only thing I can compare it to is, you know when you're, you're 10 years old and you're out playing and you hear the door go and you know it's your mum about to call you in. The speed that you run at in that moment, that's exactly what Alex did. Yeah, it's almost like you're running so fast that your legs are giving way and you're slowly getting lower and lower to the ground. But he's so cool. And the, the thing is, like, he's he's in his early 20s and he's just, he's just so, so cool. You know, like, sometimes you'll hear or see uh, athletes being interviewed and you'll just think, oh, man, they're just so regimented. I can't even relate to them. But what a great human being. And I can't wait to speak to him on the show today because he's brilliant. And he's a proper chilled out dude, isn't he? He just oh, takes it in his stride and he's got some great uh, aspirations for the future and I can't wait to see how his story unfolds, which you'll listen to a little bit later on the show. But honestly, you've got to go check that out. It's just unreal. I mean, I've never seen anybody leg it quite as much as Alex <laughs> did in that competition. I mean, my, my leg it days are over. I don't. Do, 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 when was the last time you legged it, Pete? I've not legged it for a long time. Really? No, not at all. Yeah, no, I mean... Pfft. 
Yeah, that's like... No, I'll tell you when I legged it. I'll tell you when I last legged it. Yeah. It was when I was in a um, in, in the grounds of a castle in Wales, and my lad, who was about three years old at the time, was on a zip cord, and he went all the way down, like, really, really, really fast, and then it flung him into the air, and he landed smack bang on his face. Oh, and it was... I know. Oh. I know. So, and there was silence when he hit the deck, and I'm like, oh, God, he's dead. Oh, God. So I absolutely pegged it. And I can reveal to you that, obviously, he didn't die, which is why I'm able to laugh about it, but he did ruin his face. He did ruin his face pretty much. But that was the last time I ran fast and it nearly went over. I mean, so it's situations like that, you've got to pull out all the stops. You've yeah, got to yeah, leg yeah. it, haven't you? <laughs> that was I, I mean, I've, I've not legged it for years since I was a kid, really. I was, To be honest, I was never really somebody that used to leg it that much. I did. A, I, mm. I sort of legged it a little bit, but I used to bomb around more. I, I did a lot of bombing. I sort of bomb. <laughs> so what, what I used to do was I'd... I'd Whenever, like, I knew I was, my mates were out playing, I was, I want to go join them. I'd fly down the stairs. Mm. I, I lived at mum's. When I lived at home, I'd fly down the stairs. I'd always, I'd always miss the last two steps. I'd just jump the last two steps. So fly down the stairs, jump the last two steps. I'd bomb it out the door, mm. and then I'd do a little bit of legging it down the front garden to the gate. And then somebody would always like shut the gate. I'm like, what? what? Why is the what? gate shut? It'd really what? break my flow. I used to hate that. <laughs> Used to really annoy me. Yeah, you should have been a hurdler though. Then you could have just hurdled the gate. That would have been all right. Yeah, I'm not not very explosive to be honest. No. But I did, you know, did quite a bit of bombing around and stuff like that. I think they should bring those terms back. You know, as a coach, we speak a lot about threshold. We talk about easy running, steady running, tempo, threshold, all that <laughs> stuff. That's boring, man. You want to bring back bombing, leg it. Yeah. I used to nip to the shops. That's when I really couldn't be asked. You need to do a little <laughs> bit of nipping here and there. That's what we need to do. I yeah. can imagine the conversation now with one of my runners. They're getting ready for the London Marathon. Right, Jake, what's the um, what's the best strategy to tackle these 26.2 miles in London? Well, what you want to do, of course, you need to set off nice and slow. Just ease into it. And then when you get halfway, I want you to nip over Tower Bridge, bomb past Big Ben, and then leg it down Pall Mall. And if you don't cross the line in under four hours, you're grounded for a week. <laughs> No pocket money, and I'm confiscating your Garmin. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation. Out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. And now here he is, the man of the moment, the 400-metre legged champion, Alex. Hi, hi Jake. You all right? We're, we're, we're finally speaking. We had a few telephone problems. You now we're now speaking yeah. to you on your dad's phone. I, I, I'm a bit yeah. concerned for your dad. Actually, what's he going to play? What's he going to do now? He can't play Farmville. Now you're chatting <laughs> to us. I hope he's at work, so it's fine. Oh, that's cool. He'll keep himself occupied. Hey, it's great to talk to you on the show. You you are sounding super relaxed, super chilled. But man, what what an awesome job in Manchester. I mean, does has it sunk in yet? Br- British champion. Yeah, not really. Like, British Athletics put an Instagram post up today, like a Instagram um, TV thing, and it was like the race. And I was just like, did this still happen? Like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but, I mean, it's yeah, crazy, it's isn't it? Crazy. Yeah, it, it was. It was like still in my head. I'm just like, I don't really know. Like, I didn't expect that. So I was just, yeah, it's a bit, a bit crazy. I think this is the thing that's so fascinating, Alex, because, you know, a lot of the reports and, and you yourself, you know, you've, you've had chats before and stuff and been interviewed and a lot of um, what I hear is that you, you weren't expecting to, to win that event, like not, not, even, not even close, but yet you, you were able to absolutely smash it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but going into 300 metres, and bear in mind, this is a 400 metre event, you haven't got much time left, much distance, <laughs> you, were, you were in last place. And and yeah. you were able to pull it out of the bag. I mean, what 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 went on, man? Take me through the race. Um, well, I kind of I've always got a tendency to finish strong. Um, that's just how I've always been, and I just kind of 
didn't see the lad like pushing it too hard inside me in the first 200, kind of just focused on my own race. And then coming into the home straight, I was just like, I feel quite good here, which usually you kind of tighten up a bit and kind of slow down because you got lactic acid. But yeah, I just worked the arms and I was like, just gave it my all, focused on the lads outside, like inside me, like lane seven and six and just flew past them. Didn't know where I was going to be when I'd gone past them. Yeah, it was first. I was like, oh. Wow, wow. That's, that's, some, that's some serious style there, Alex, that is. Do you know what? Just imagine how great you could be if you could learn to start quickly. Yeah, That'd be amazing. That's what my dad says. He's like, you just need to go off faster. Like, yeah, you just need to... But yeah. I don't know, that's just how I run, really. We'll get into this, Alex, but you're actually not a 400-metre specialist, are you, as in 400-metre no. sprint? You you know, you do, or the middle distance, you, you are focused on the 400 meter hurdles that's your event isn't it yeah. but i guess with lockdown and stuff that's been quite tricky to to to, to put down that training yeah because all tracks were closed and i didn't have any access to hurdles at home and also like parks near you aren't probably the best to start hurling over with molehills and uneven ground and things <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just avoided that one um, and kind of got onto the track mid-july again um and my coach wasn't allowed on yet. And it was just easier to run rather than technically hurdle uh, without anyone coaching you kind of thing. So just said, let's just do some 400s. I needed to get my time down anyway because I hadn't ran a competitive 400 for two or three years. And yeah, turned out pretty successful. Yeah, it really did. The world is your oyster, mate. Yeah. You know, you could have picked, you could have gone, right, I'm going to, rather than do what I normally do, I could do some curling. You could do that <laughs> next year. You could be the Olympic curling, uh, on the Olympic curling team or that something. Like a winter sport, though. <laughs> Judging from Alex's uh, Instagram, he doesn't like the winter. I tell you, every time I see on his Instagram, yeah, yeah. he's always in the sun or somewhere doing something adventurous. <laughs> but... I actually really, really enjoy skiing, but haven't been mm. for a few years, obviously because of, injuring things well look one fun. step at a time mate just you've smashed yeah. the 400 meters <laughs> yeah, get the 400 <laughs> hurdles out the way and then you can start to think about skiing i mean you've got a bright future ahead they say the life of an athlete is relatively short in terms of career but i think yours is going to go on forever <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean i'm very good at all those things <laughs> so let's let's get back to talking about something you're clearly very good yeah. at which is the, the 400 meters and that sort of distance obviously it it must lend itself really well that the the one lap race uh, versus the in comparison rather to the to the hurdles because obviously it's the 400 meters yeah. hurdles hurdles that you do so one must directly benefit the other right you need the flat speed to run fast over the four hurdles but four hurdles obviously has a rhythm to it um with stride pattern between the hurdles so they do kind of both in my opinion feel a bit different when running them like i always said the like running this season the 400 it goes a lot faster um than the four hurdles because you're not constantly thinking about which leg or which hill you're at. So you need to focus on your stride pattern when you're changing down a stride or, you know, you might mess up a hurdle and come with the wrong leg. It does sound really technical. I know you say, obviously, you can't sort of go in the, the local park during lockdown and practice, but it might be worth a shot. You know, those people walking the dog, picking up like poop, you could just kind of like hurdle over them quickly, you know what I mean? Be gone before they even see you. Just so you don't lose that rhythm. I'm just thinking out the box here, Alex. Just thinking out the box. Listen, when you're running quickly around a track and i'm not a track runner i mean i do some kind of 400 meter efforts as part of like marathon training but nothing like what you would do as a specialist as it were or somebody competing at your level do you know when you're running quickly 
And I know that sounds um, a funny question to ask, but you are so finely tuned, you guys. It's 400 metres. It's, it's over in the blink of an eye, relatively speaking. Mm. Do you know whether you're running quickly or whether you're running not so quickly? Because you obviously train a lot and you know you, how your body works and how what parts of your legs or body feel. Um, so you know if you're feeling a bit more sluggish or one of, like... I don't know, like your hamstrings kind of make, might feel a bit tired or so you can't get as much flexibility. I don't, sometimes you feel really tall and boundy and sometimes you might just feel a bit more flatter. So you just because you run probably at that like higher speed a lot um, during summer, you kind of get to know how good you're feeling. And obviously with the nerves and all the emotions on rest day, race day, your body kind of knows it's racing. So it kind of, I always feel, I think, as a general athlete, like you kind of feel a lot better on race day. Like I'm not sure about your marathons and things, but um, yeah, before you kind of you feel that bit more flexible, or you don't really have as much fatigue from training that week if you taper properly and things like that. Yeah, sure. I think it's, it's timing plays a massive part, doesn't it? And, and tapering and whatnot, being ready on the starting line and, and not being fatigued. I think that's important for everybody, irrespective of whether they're professional, recreational and whatever distance they're doing. It's, and you talk about those kind of the nerves and not almost like the, 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 the tension and the feeling uh, on race day of, right, this is happening now. This is what I've been training towards, albeit I know it wasn't your main focus, the you know, hurdles is, but through lockdown, right, you knew you were going into Manchester. What impact did it have in terms of the crowds or lack of? I mean, what was the atmosphere like in the, in the stadium? Um, yeah, it was a little odd having no one there, but there was plenty of officials, um, at the start line and they put cardboard cutouts around and they kind of, they had the music on and the, the, the commentator over the top. So when, when you're kind of in that race mode, like when you get on the start line, you're not really thinking about other people as such, you're kind of just there to do a job, you want to run well. So you kind of just focused on the lads in your race and on you kind of performing the best you can. They had cardboard cutouts around the track. Yeah. Like a few well, of them. Uh, people, like is it, to, yeah, to give you kind so. of the I sense that people could, are there. Um, <laughs> I think you could. I think you could send a picture in as a fan, and it got kind of cut out. It's like Home Alone. It's like Home Alone, where Macaulay yeah. Culkin is making out. He's, he's he's not on his own, and he's got all those cardboard cutouts, like the moving <laughs> arms same. and stuff, yeah, blinking yeah, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean, it worked. Obviously, works really well for you guys because it feels like there's a crowd there uh, because you're very much focused on your race. But you yeah. know, like when I go to Morrison's petrol station and there's a cardboard of a policeman stood there, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking to myself, "You're not tricking anybody, mate." Yeah. But in your in your environment, I appreciate that works much better Alex yeah. if you don't want to come back on the show I'll, I won't be offended at all I, I really won't be offended <laughs> my friend oh I'll trivialise anything mate what was you what was your ambition going into that into that race you, you didn't think you had a chance of, of winning it a shot what were you thinking going in to just do as well as I can or were you um, trying to I aim just, at yeah, a certain the aim place was, the aim was last race of the season really I was just trying to run a PB and see where that would take me as in like competition wise like with the lads I didn't know well, I was gonna. I knew. I mean, the, the field time was close, and I didn't know how fast I could run or how fast everyone else was doing. Especially back to back days it was the first time anyone was really running back to back days. Um, and I just wanted to run a PB. Really, my aim was just to try and get my four hundred time a lot more competitive. And yeah, and the race, the rest of the race kind of took took care of itself in that sense. Well, you smashed that, didn't you? What was it? Forty six, sixty five. 
Yeah. Yeah. For 400 metres, like three, 340 minutes per mile for those people listening to this show. I mean, track athletes don't talk in terms of minutes per mile when you're racing around a track, no. but that's just insane. <laughs> you know, that is just <laughs> insane. So where, where do you go from here? What's the big goal? What's the dream, Alex, if you could pluck anything out of the air, apart from being a world-class skier, of course? But what is your second to that? What's your dream? What is your dream? Um, yeah, my dream would be able to be like, compete and be the best like worldwide win like major championship medals and just yeah be on top of the sport for a while um like running world-class times in the olympics and world champs and things like that how much belief do you have in your ability um yeah you obviously oh i'm just well you, you do obviously enjoy it and it's fun but you obviously do think your potential and your hard work all the hard work you put in you think yeah like I do want to get there one day, otherwise you would, wouldn't be... you kind of be doing it half-heartedly if you didn't want to improve to the best. So, yeah. Not like, but then, you never really know. But, obviously, yeah, you're going to have confidence in yourself and your own ability. And the thing is, is, also, there's a lot of other factors that come into it. So, injury or just different circumstances that might just be holding you back from your full potential yet and things like that, so... Do you suffer much with injury? Have you have you had much going on, um, or are you, are you pretty resilient? I actually had a sprained ankle um, this season, well, this little season, um, but it didn't really hinder me too much. But I had to, if you watch this thing, I have an ankle strap on. It looks like a longer sock on one side, which looks a bit... Oh, thin, I see it. I, yeah, I see yeah, this on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, so, because my ankle was like... I basically was drilling before my first race, start of August, and I just rolled it on the grass, as I was talking about bumps and things on grass um and yeah it was quite bad but i just kind of was like nah i'm not i'm not stopping now after i've trained like all through lockdown so i was just like strapped up and ran every race it got f through it so i was just yeah it was fine um wow. but i've bigger injuries i've torn both my hamstrings um not but like not this year since last year and the year before around february time they're probably the biggest two injuries i've had when you rolled your ankle was that was that ligament damage did you did you break the ankle uh no it was just it was just a loud cracky noise and Ooh, kind of swelled up man. a bit and yeah it, it just it was just a sprain the physio said but i couldn't really i could like go straight that's why i could run but anything sideways um pretty much really hurt your coach must be going nuts thinking what what has he done this time i mean i i saw <laughs> on your instagram you spent the weekend in windermere doing wakeboarding and it's like you, yeah. i scroll across the videos there's one way you you know you're being a little bit tentative and taking things carefully the next thing it's like look my no hands and you're like i expect yeah. you almost to be doing these flips and things he must be thinking yeah. my gosh just keep yourself with one piece just play super mario kart i don't think my coach is on instagram so he's a bit older. Doesn't That's a really good thing. See what happens <laughs> away from the track, which I think is probably good for him. Alex, how old are you? Uh, Twenty-one. Yeah. Do you find, do you find it it difficult to maintain the level of focus and drive that you clearly have, and that you clearly need to maximise your potential and achieve these world class? Results. I mean, I know you've been in a few places. You're studying maths at uh, yeah. Loughborough University as well. Obviously, you're in the right place there. You know, Loughborough Uni, like uh, the mecca of of all things athletics, certainly in this country, if not wider. Do you find it difficult sometimes to maintain that drive, or is it just within you? Not really. Like I've always the way I've worked um, when I was before I went to uni. My first coach was we set yearly goals about what competitions were in the summer. And I found I worked off that 
very well. So um, if there was something that next summer that I was working towards, um, say it'd be like like an age group championship international, that's what the key was. It was always like the qualification time for that, whether it be like European youth, European juniors, world juniors. So I'd worked off an, uh, yearly, yearly goals. Um, and I just found that um, helped me so much. Like, because it, cause it's, it's kind of, it's a bit less than a year um, from when you start training for the comp. So you're, and I just found that was very easy to stay motivated in training or diet and hydration and things like that. And then when you got to the point of qualification, it all meant a lot more because it was like, this is what I've been working on the past seven, eight months of all that cold through winter, all those reps on the track, all those lifts in the gym. Um, I just worked loads better off that uh, rather than seeing like, rather than being like, oh, I'm going to make the Olympics in four years. Like, I'll I'll work hard for four years. Like, I feel like that's quite a big distance for me to focus on. Yeah, I think it's important um, to break, break big goals down, isn't it, Alex, to really yeah, be able definitely. to get your head around it. I, I guess it seems sometimes just too far in the distance. And a lot can change in that time, especially when you're a kid. So it worked well just basing off year by year when I was going through the age groups. And who's the biggest influence in your life? Um, probably my brother or my dad, I think. he. Um, I have a twin brother and he plays professional football for Cambridge United and then the League Two. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so we, we he kind of, he's been away for a while since he was like 16. I think he moved out because he used to play um, for Aston Villa and then um, obviously a lockdown he came home uh, which is the first time all of our family's been in the same house for like five years or so and he was obviously training every day like I was so that was good to see and good to see kind of the difference he'd developed being in a different career path but still an elite sport for um that long and it was good to just see like his mental side and things like that and learn from him and then wow. yeah my dad's just quite a big character in our family like, I used to play professional football for Bristol and he's got that like father sport advice like he's always got something good to say or like what you need to hear kind of thing you need those role models in your life don't you I think we all do yeah. but especially when you're, you're doing what you are doing and everything matters doesn't it you know it's not just a case of training because it's fun, although you want to enjoy it, as you mentioned, you, you, you actually want the outcome, you want the performance benefit because you want that to lead to the results that you're looking for. So having that network, that real strong, supportive network is so yeah. important. Do you and your brother kind of feed off each other then? Although you, you're doing different things, do you find that really beneficial that you're, you're doing different things but you're able to support each other? Obviously the training's not the same, but um, the effort and the mental is kind of the same where, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of doing things for yourself and you want the best for yourself and you want trying to get the best performance out of yourself. Um, that mental, I think we share quite similarly and we're both very competitive. So, yeah. So it was really good to see, have him back in lockdown and see how he kind of worked. He works very hard because you don't really ever see, like you have your training group, you don't really ever see, you kind of compare, unless you're training with them, your competitors, like how they train day in, day out. So it was good to see kind of what level people, other people can push themselves to and things like that. At the moment, are you having a bit of downtime from, from training? How's it working uh, for yeah. you? Obviously, coming off Manchester, that great result. What's You look pretty chilled on your Instagram. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've basically, you kind of, at the end of the season, you kind of had have two or three weeks off. Well, it depends what kind of per, or group you are. But I think I've got 
three weeks off or so and you can just kind of live life like a normal person for a bit how's that feel living like a, n- a normal good. person for a few weeks very good because you can kind of you know you've kind of earned it if you've tra- like you've trained hard enough and things and i one of my things is always um remember to kind of reward yourself or treat yourself when you've worked hard yeah you, you should have a chat um, with pete here because he he, he kind of does it's very similar, but he rewards himself without actually the hard work. It's just that bit that's missing. <laughs> you say that, Jake, but I spent three and a half hours on Facebook yesterday. I was tired out afterwards, and I just needed a kebab to get over it. <laughs> Facebook. Um, so I'm completely on board with that uh, with with that uh, self-rewarding thing, definitely. Social yeah. media interval training, that's uh, definitely <laughs> a, a, a very interesting sport that you're involved in there, Pete. That's a very interesting sport. Oh, I knackered my thumb out. My, t- my thumb was tired out. <laughs> Alex, when you say you have time off, so three weeks weeks you yeah. can chill two or three weeks is that literally yeah. as it sounds is it you're not are you doing yeah. nothing no like, training i haven't haven't been haven't done any exercise i don't think my heart rate's got over 80 wow um, and do you like, do you feel I, how do you cope with that i mean because some people that that they, they struggle with that okay i'm talking yeah. recreationally now you know at that level but like they don't they don't there is no off switch they want to keep going your body does feel a bit weird like but you kind of just ignore it because you're just like it doesn't matter like you kind of men get a bit unfit so then you can start pre-season again. Um, and it gives your body a break. So I think if you carried on from intense summer training and racing to then to just go to kind of pre-season, it doesn't really work. Um, I think your body needs a break, basically, is what it is. Otherwise, it just kind of gets exhausted and doesn't have a a come down from the peak because kind of, you kind of peak your body for summer and you can't really make... Like, it's impossible to maintain that peak Otherwise, you just ruin your body or get injured and things. So, um, I think that's the whole point of the break. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. could could take something from that. Actually, Alex, there's a lot of people that perhaps yeah. push too much too soon and yeah. want to keep going. And if if they have a good race result, they're like, right, I'm riding high. If that race result, can I go quicker? Let's get stuck straight yeah. back into training. Conversely, if they have a poor result, they want to write that wrong in right. their mind. So it's a yeah. case of right, come on, let's get back out there. And I, you know, I've been guilty of that before. But you yeah. know, the body is a fragile thing. Somebody like yourself has all the support, this network around you, your brother, your father. You've got uh, you know athletics, England athletics. You've uh, sorry, great yeah, England athletics. You've got obviously the team at Loughborough so somebody like you has that support but yeah you still need that downtime i think there's a lesson to be learned there yeah definitely what's your nutrition like in your sleep do you take good care of those other areas of your life yeah like i feel like i'm a good cook at university try and vary up my meals um but yeah my mum's kind of trained me well to be we've always eaten well and i kind of know what what's good what's bad and what i like well i kind of like all foods really it's nothing really i don't like but yeah i try and um keep healthy at uni obviously live with other people and that we kind of spur each other on sleep yeah sleep's something i kind of struggle with as such like you kind of could take it for granted and turns out like sleep is actually so important for recovery it's like the the most important thing for recovery um yeah it's definitely something i need to work on personally what stops you sleeping i don't know talking to friends or on the playstation i don't know sometimes you get into the stage where you're so you're quite tired that you can't really be bothered to, to, to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'll tell you. The effort <laughs> oh, of man. going to bed. I mean, <laughs> I completely forgot about that, but yeah, I'll tell you what, i got a 17-year-old lad, Alex, and uh, I'm, all, I'm forever moaning at him. Yeah. He's going, Dad, I was just too tired to go to bed, and I just thought I'd keep playing Fortnite. Yeah, and you go, I don't get that hard. mentality, but at some point, mate, you will lose that mentality in the no, next four yeah. to five years, I'm sure. <laughs> and It's the technical term, past tired. That's what parents refer to it as. You're, you're past tired <laughs> now. It. You're past yeah. tired. <laughs> he's overtired, overtired and his yeah, personality's taken a dip. That's, <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my mum used to say, overtired. Yeah, yeah. I probably am being harsh on myself a bit, but it's, I feel like it's always something good to know you've got stuff to improve on. That They're always looking to improve. You sound like a really rounded yeah. individual, Alex, if I can say <laughs> that, not just a rounded athlete. I think that's awesome because you, you've got to look for those marginal gains, especially with the things yeah. that you want to achieve. So that's, that's really awesome to hear. Do you enjoy training? Is it something you love? Yeah. I do enjoy it. Like, um, I, like, obviously over lockdown, it was very much on my own and I kind of developed this new self-like happiness of, you know, c- training. But when I'm, at, when I'm at Loveborough in the group and that, like, we've got a good group and it's very diverse and things. And, yeah, it is good fun to just kind of go and, as well as just let off some steam, like, socialise with your friends and things like that. Yeah, we all need that connection, man. Especially this year, mm. so I, I can see why you uh, you throw yourself into that. I think that's I think that's awesome. How big a part does aesthetics play? And and what I mean by that, and I'm interested. You know, you're a young guy. Obviously, as a, a 400 meter champion, you're in great shape, Alex. And performance is your focus, though, isn't it? You want to perform well. Do, do you ever yeah. do, does aesthetics get into your mind at all? You know, there's a lot of young guys that kind of want to put on more muscle, or they want to look a certain way. Or are there any changes that you would make aesthetically, or do you just kind of you're happy with where you are? Do you put that out of your mind because you know it's all about performance? Because I guess you must need to maintain a certain weight, and you can't be too heavy or too light. Otherwise, you're gonna yeah. you know it's gonna it's gonna have a negative impact, isn't it? I've always kind of thought the fitness side, like having a fit body, is like is the second. Like, it's not the priority at all. Like, it's not why I train hard. It's always, like, just comes with gym and training hard. But it, it I don't know. Everyone's kind of different. I don't personally mm. think, like, oh, I need to do more upper body to get, like, look nice upper body because, like, I don't think it will always help my running. Like, I've never really done much upper body. It's more like being toned in the 400, I think. Like, if you can be... Have as less fat as possible but still be quite strong uh you're carrying like less weight but you still need to be quite powerful yeah you've um, got to be purposeful haven't you for your event yeah so it's different and everyone's different like, everyone's built differently like you still look on the track some people are short some people are smaller some people have a lot more muscle than others but yeah i don't know it's just how your body works like if i and also you don't want to go and put on loads of weight or lose loads of weight because you'll take your body will take a while to get used to that new weight and if you if you're training at that weight or that body type then you then you're training that area you're not training this new body weight or shape that you've just suddenly developed into i don't know yeah it's definitely different but I, yeah a lot I of boxers really talk about, about that don't they the boxers talk about being uh, not not comfortable at the the new weight that they had to make for a certain fight, you know. So mm, I, I can see how yeah. you could potentially underperform if your weight isn't at the the right place. But I I love that that it's all about performance for you. My, my background's personal training, Alex, and I've I've worked with 
so many different clients over the years, different ages, different goals. But it's really interesting because one pattern that I had noticed, I have noticed, is typically the kind of younger people that I work with are, are, tend to be more not everybody but most of them tend to be more aesthetic aesthetics driven so they want to come in and they talk about losing weight because they want to look better or bigger biceps or you know losing body fat from the thighs or whatever it might be but as people start to get older even if I work with that even if I work with that younger uh, individual for a long time I could see a change in them older as they got older they started to think more about the cardiovascular benefits reducing the risk of heart related disease you know improving their physical performance rather than actually just how they look it's a really interesting shift that I, I do find tends to come with age it's, it's really interesting to get to get your view on that right moving forward tell me what your ultimate goal is alex and when are you back when are you back training towards that uh, sorry not what your ultimate um, goal is tell me what your next what's your next, next big is, goal um so next year obviously with everything kind of being cancelled this year it's quite a big year on the track like the olympics has been moved there's world champs there's european champs uh, there's, I'm, I'll be final year at under-23 level. So there's European under-23s next year, which will be, like, my main goal. I made the final last year. Um, so I'll try and do better than that. That'll be my main goal. Be my last age group championships and such. After, after that, I'll just be full senior. And then I just kind of want to see, see... Obviously, that's my main goal. And then if I'm running well or... I put out some good relay reps, see if I can make a senior relay uh, team for a major champs. So that would be that was that's kind of the outside goal. Like if I if I'm fulfilling my potential, but individually it's like European on twenty threes hurdles. Well, listen, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the show. I, I really appreciate you uh, making the time to uh, come and talk to us and uh, uh, congratulations to you again. That's just an unbelievable achievement. You know, wearing the Great Britain vest uh, as you uh, as you have done as well and uh, you've got so much ahead of you. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Just make sure, you know, you chill out these next few weeks. Don't do anything crazy, mate. No <laughs> wakeboarding accidents. Watch your ankle. No, come fine. on, let's just... Pete, we need to no, look after him. Fine. Let's just keep our guests in one piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely do, yeah. And just uh, just speed up at the start, mate, and you'll be, you'll yeah. be brilliant. <laughs> thanks, I'll take that advice. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Alex, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. It's been, been a great time. If you want to check out the video from Alex's race, then just go to the show notes page. That's runningmajek.com forward slash podcast absolutely and if you do want a really good android app to listen to your podcasts on by the way uh, check out podcast guru just go and, and download it and i'm really into this jake because at the moment as well uh, not only are we featured on the front page of podcast guru uh, which is a really good app um, we're also on their uh, on their website you wrote a little uh, little blog um the positive power of a plod absolutely uh, you can't beat the positive power of a plod thanks to the guys at podcast guru the, i mean i we believe in that so much, don't we? The mindset, you know, why people want to train, get themselves feeling better. People use running as a vehicle to improve their mental health, feel good. You're just really powerful stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, you must go and check that out. And of course, you can look at that on the Podcast Guru website. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and follow us on social media. This is the part of the show where we take one of your questions and give you the answers to help you get the most out of this sport. It's hashtag AskJake if you have a question. You can also email podcast at runningwithjake.com as well. Now, Simon sent in a message. He is in a little bit of a panic because he's now got two marathons back-to-back. Since all the marathons have been changed and juggled around, he's now got two back-to-back next year. And he wants to know if it's feasible for him to run those marathons. Now, Simon, there's a few things to consider here. In 
in the main, yes, it is possible to to run a marathon on one weekend and then the following weekend run another marathon. If it wasn't possible, then people wouldn't do ultra marathons. So the mileage is definitely possible, but there are some considerations. You've got to think about what your level of ability is. You've got to train based on the fact that you are looking at achieving now two marathons. And it may be worth being a little bit more conservative with regards to target times. In fact, I would suggest treating them as training runs if you are intending on doing both of them. If you really wanted to push in one of the marathons but push safely, then I would suggest doing it in the first marathon rather than the second. The reason being, you can base the second marathon on how the first one went. So if you're feeling pretty broken, pretty tired, then you can either really scale it back in your second one or you might just say, do you know what? I'm going to live to fight another day and I'm not going to do it. The main thing is make the right decisions, stay smart and give the body what it needs rather than giving the mind what it wants. Stay in one piece. And if you've got any more questions, then you know the score. It's hashtag Ask Jake. That brings today's show to a close. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have your weekly dose of running motivation. Don't forget to subscribe to the show using your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We release full-length episodes every Wednesday and there is also the Quick Hit, which is a short, bite-sized, coffee-tired podcast to keep you going in between the main episodes. Have a great week of running, run safe, stay in one piece and above all, have fun. Oh, and one more thing. Never be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. And on next week's episode of Running With Jake. It's the big one this weekend. It is the Virgin Money London Marathon. In 2020, the 40th race, it's going virtual, baby. And today's show is your virtual London Marathon special. Of course, if you are taking part in the race, just make sure you don't tell your mates afterwards that you virtually ran a marathon because I'll just think you've cut it short. Running with Jake, the podcast. We're out.